This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 663 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by EQ Ready Records, records management services for busy horse people. Check them out today at eqreadyrecords.com. Hi, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is about low heel syndrome. No, we're not talking about flats versus stilettos. We're talking about hoof conformation, frustrations, and fallacies. It is an excerpt from the Horse.com's weekly horse health report on Horses in the Morning, episode number 433. But first, let's hear from today's sponsor. Coach Jen here with Amanda Eckelberg of EQ Ready Records, Equine Records Management Service. Now that's a mouthful. And Amanda, I'm sure we have many listeners out there wondering if this service is right for them. So tell us what sorts of horse people are taking advantage of this really neat new service that you offer. Well, the first group of horse people that really, really benefit from this service are the breeders. Um, This service will keep track of all of the mares, breeding records, palpation records, Um, embryo transfers, all of those kinds of things. It keeps pedigree so you can be able to track, you know, babies to mares and stallions. And also, we also have an area for the stallion owners as well to be able to keep track of their stallion's performance and how many mares they breed per year and et cetera, et cetera. So the breeders really find it helpful in helping them organize and keep things together at home without relying so much on the breeding farm where maybe they stand their stallion or where they send their mare off to get bred if it's not on site there at their house. Excuse me, another group of people, horse owners, that really find this beneficial are the professional riders or the trainers. Um, They are able to allow their clients access to their horse's information without actually having to talk on the phone with them all the time. Um, A lot of uh, horse owners, you know, are concerned about what's going on at the training barn, if their horses are receiving the proper vaccinations or getting their feet done at the proper time. This way, the owner can actually just log into their own EQ Ready Records account, view that information without having to track down the trainer down, and that way the trainer can focus on his main job, which is training your horse. And also, the people that travel, whether you travel with your horse or just travel without your horse, it really works good as an insurance policy in that EQ Ready Records goes where you go. If you're traveling with your horse, we all know that if there's a problem, it's not going to be at 2 o'clock in the afternoon close to home when everybody's available. It's going to be more like 2 o'clock in the morning when nobody's available and the emergency vet is really needing to access those health records and this way you can just pull it up on your smartphone or if your emergency vet has a laptop, which a lot of them do, he can just access it right there and get all the information. Or, you know, if you have a house sitter that comes and takes care of your horse while you're away, say you're in Bali on a cruise ship and you can't be reached, this way your horse sitter can access that information when they need it without trying to track you down no matter where you may be in the world. Well, that's fantastic. 
training barns, breeders, and folks who travel. That pretty much covers everybody. Thanks so much, Amanda. We appreciate you stopping by. And now, enjoy today's tip. And of course, Jennifer's music means it's time for Michelle Anderson from thehorse.com with the weekly horse health report. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Glenn. Hey, so I particularly like um, horse girls are good with uh, clippers, so you can save money in haircuts. <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you what, I have never let Jennifer get near my head with clippers because it would be a buzz cut. You Guaranteed. don't want, yeah, no. you don't want me near you with clippers, although I'm pretty pretty okay at pulling mane, so we could do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be great. I'll just sign up for that. <laughs> oh, that's the way to do it. There you go. I do love it. You've never had Jennifer take the horse clippers and shave the back of your neck, Glenn? No. No. Yeah, I, yeah I've done that. Oh. I do that to my husband all the time. Come here, let me get the back of your neck. You know, if she's going to do a buzz cut, then I would let her do it. But I think I'd kind of look silly in a buzz cut. Although, as gray as my hair is getting, I'm thinking about it, actually. You should have your eyes. Celebrate. So, anyway, this morning we're going to be talking about uh, low, low heel syndrome. Um, hopefully, it's Dr. Jones. Yeah, we're going to have Let's talk about something else. So Dr. She's trying to get Dr. Jones on the line. Oh, yeah. Dr. Jones has a sick kiddo this morning, so I know she's juggling things around to get to us. So, anyway, did she, I think... Did she uh, survive the flood? It, it, I have a text from her this morning. So, last night she, she said that um, she was expecting it, but um, it looks like she did okay. She's I still she's around. Ready. I think she's ready, so we'll get her on the line. Good morning, Dr. Jones. Good morning. Have you survived <laughs> I, the flood? You're here with us? Yeah. How about you guys up there in Ocala? Yeah, we're fine. We learned that our property drains pretty well. Well, nice that's thing a about good thing to learn. You like good <laughs> drainage. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's bad, bad fun. We, we had um, a client uh, say that their basement flooded, and I thought the same thing. My husband looks at me and he goes, how did their basement flood? They're living on a hill. Mm, they didn't clean their gutters out. Oh, and yeah. all the water kept rushing right around the foundation. Yeah. I didn't even know people in Florida had basements. That was my thought. <laughs> yeah, on a rarity, you'll find some. And we're in a hilly area, as Jennifer knows. We're in a very hilly topography-type area. We actually took her to the highest point in Florida. And um, so in some of those hill areas, you can definitely put basements in with no problem. Wow, didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, all right, take it away, Michelle. Okay, so are we ready to talk about low heel syndrome, Dr. Jones? <laughs> I hope we are. <laughs> is, this, is this something that you come across a lot? Because I know that my experience is like this is all the what time is these it? horses with these low heels. Yeah, what is it? I don't even, we didn't, none of us knew what it was. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> maybe, I'm no just, maybe, I just, maybe since I'm dealing with it every time I write that check for the farrier... <laughs> <laughs> I just think everyone should know what it is. Uh, so, Dr. Jones, what's what's low heel syndrome? Can you tell us all about it? Well, uh, basically, they're they they got really no hoof wall at all in the heel area. Seriously, they they are walking on their heel bulbs and almost some of them on their coronary band. Um, they can have some 
predisposition to it, but a lot of times it's a little bit more brought on by um, lack of farrier work. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say poor farrier work because some of the horses I've seen just have not seen a farrier for quite some time. And what happens is their toes get very very long, and their heels get very very short, and they start pounding and landing on that heel area, heel surface, and then that gets um, completely underrun, meaning it's lower amount. The proper measurements, and I'm sure you have the attachment for it, Michelle, for uh, knowing that if your horse has just got a, a proper hoof when your farrier's done or when you purchase your horse or any time, is you should have an even parallel line with the back heel from coronary band to the shoe or coronary band to where they hit the ground, parallel to the front part of the hoof from the coronary band down to the ground. Those should be parallel lines. If you have no line at all because your coronary band's on the ground, that's a problem. And if you have one where that line diverges forward too much and then the front is a nice slope and it's not parallel, um, then you have a problem as well. And that's what we call the underrun heels. I hope I described yeah. that well enough for the radio. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and you're not kidding when you say that coronary band can be on the ground because that's what I was dealing with um, almost a year ago when I got my guy um, his giant bulb. Uh, in the back of his uh, hoof, and then he walks on it. So um, it's looking better. But, but there's also these terms, contracted hoof or contracted heels or crushed heels. Is that the same syndrome? No, they're not. The crushed heels could be. They could be misconstrued as uh, as the same syndrome. But both of those have their own sequela or means of sequela to them. The contracted, you'll see a lot of times in, I would. I am not trying to pick on any kind of breed or predilections here, but in the gated horses, where they tend to have a lot of shoes on, the front and back feet, for action that they want to have. And those horses tend to get a smaller and smaller, smaller heel space. Now, the space I mean now is going from inside to outside or medial to lateral or lateral to medial. They get very, very contracted where the heel's not spreading and expanding and taking the bulk of weight pressure and, and shock absorption in the back. You'll see the frog start to disappear from hitting the ground or being close to the ground to almost up inside the hoof, it's the, the sole itself. Um, that's more the contracted heel issue. The crushed heels is the tubules, as we call them, in the hoof wall that go from coronary band down, which is what aligns the actual wall to put the shoe on, is rolled underneath in the heel area, and that can look like a um, low heel syndrome horse, but they're actually rolled underneath, um, the, the part of the hoof wall is rolled underneath, and that comes a lot of times with wearing pads. Uh, with your horse, and sometimes it's not that at all. It's they haven't had good farrier work for a while. Uh, that could be a sequela to it, or they've had their shoes on for too long. But usually, pads will crush the heels of a horse. So, placing pads on your horse's feet are usually a kind of a temporary fix for a while, and then they take them off. They may have to put them back on, but it's not something that should be on the horse the rest of its life. So what kind of clinical signs do we see in these horses with low heels? Why should we be concerned about it? Hopefully you don't see any problems with these low heels, but in dynamics it's going to cause some problems down the line. Um, those that don't ride very often, weekend warriors that have low heels in the horses, they may never see a problem until they decide to go for maybe a 10-day trail ride vacation. And towards the end of that trail ride, the horse is starting to get a little ouchy. And that's because they're bruising their heel area. 
uh, for constant concussion with the added weight and the added work, um, also the terrain they're on. A lot of times, though, in the performance horse, which is probably where you're at, Michelle, mm -hmm. is those horses will tend to overstretch the ligaments in the heel aspect of the foot, and you will get tears in your ligament or your deep digital flexor tendon structures. And then those horses will become very short-strided or increasingly lame because they have no heel support to support that the backside of their foot that's taking a lot of the brunt of the weight of the uh, work they're doing. Um, and, but th and that's and then why I write the big, those, <laughs> yeah, that's why I write those big barrier checks, just to avoid that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people call that navicular. Um, mm -hmm. There can be problems with the actual navicular bone from that low heel, but a lot of times it starts off with more soft tissue injury, bruising, overstretching tendons and ligaments. Um, no. And then you could go into the navicular issues. So it's kind of like having a domino effect. You have one thing that starts going wrong, and then this cascade effect behind it. Is that what you? I hate to say. I hate to say the old phrase: no hoof, no horse. Mm -hmm. You really have to take care of their feet in order to so, make sure that your horse stays sound. So yes. Yeah. If if I may interject here, when you're say horse shopping and you're looking around, is this something that you can kind of see? Is it like, oh, he's got no, you know, no heel, no nothing, or, or is this something that's kind of an internal structure and you can't see as well? Yeah, um, you can definitely see it. And if, you, if you're really serious about the horse you're going to get and you're going to do some work with this horse performance-wise and you trust your farrier and love your farrier, bring your farrier with you. Pay him for a farrier visit, but you're going to go see a horse for a pre-purchase. That'd be the inexpensive way to kind of weed out all the many horses you're looking at. Rather than paying a vet to do a bunch of pre-purchases, grab your farrier. Say, hey, I want you to look at a horse. I'm going to pay you your farrier visit that you come to me, like a trimming visit or a shoeing visit, whatever you guys decide on for monies. Have them go out, evaluate the horse's foot, and he doesn't need to talk to the owner. He's working for you at the time. You guys can leave, have your discussion call the owner back, yeah, I'm interested in the horse, no, I'm going to move on to a different one, whatever you want to do. Um, that's the easiest way if you don't feel you have a good eye for that on a horse's foot. The other thing, too, is when you see this low heel syndrome, you really need to know how often was that horse seeing a farrier. It could be the fact of lack of farrier work. Now, to gain heel back, <laughs> and we're kind of rolling into treatment ideas, to gain heel back is a nightmare for any farrier. So if your farrier does come along and he sees this low heel on a horse, he's going to say, oh, my God, I really don't want to deal with that. Please run. Um, because to, to grow heel back is very difficult to do. A lot of people say it's impossible to do. But you can give the support to the back of the horse's foot over time. But it has to be over time. So and before we jump too far into treatment of, of the low heel syndrome, it's, you mentioned that farrier work can cause it. Uh, are there some horses that are just more predisposed to growing more toe and less heel than others, or is it uh, probably there's related to There's not a study out that work? says that for sure, but if you ask a, a farrier, each farrier will have their opinion on that, and ask a veterinarian, each veterinarian will have their opinion on that, and it depends on the horses they work with. So they'll say, oh, yeah, absolutely, thoroughbreds always have low heel. Or, you know, absolutely... Um, I'm trying to think, you know, because that's the one I run into mostly is the thoroughbreds have the low heel issue. Um, absolutely something else, you know, they might say the um, some other breeds will have that, that issue. But yeah. I, 
I don't think that it's fair to say it's breed predilection. But granted, just like you and I, growing our fingernails and, and things like that, some people have a better ability to do that via genetics, but also via diet, too. Um, and then again, how you take care of them. So you mentioned um, you treating these and, and farriers not wanting to have to deal with it, so maybe they're... <laughs> Maybe maybe I should be really happy my farrier charges me so much money to fix fix my horse. <laughs> he is, he's been my farrier has done a, he's performed miracles on on my horse. But um, what what can what can your vet and your farrier do well, to help your horse? Well, that farrier relationship. Heel? Yes, and absolute. And, you know, it, it's really nice when you finally get a good combination team that work together well. Um, and knowing that a, a head is always good. But any time you have a foot problem with the horse, it's always good to have an x-ray to show the farrier. And the farrier, you know, can work with the vet and, and put their minds together and come up with a good plan for your horse. Each case is going to be different. Sometimes you put a large wedge in, wedge pad. Sometimes you just do a rim pad. Sometimes you do a full foot. Um, shock absorption type pad. Mm -hmm. um, those are the usual things. Some of them, it's just basically spread, putting a um, spreader, wider heel, uh, wider base uh, shoe on them. Some, it's putting an egg bar shoe on. So I can't say that, you know, this is the recipe and you're going to absolutely stick to it every single time. Each case is going to be different. The x-rays help a lot because a lot of times with these low heel syndrome horses, they have very little sole. So they may be getting bruised easily through the sole surface as well, and just placing a shoe on will help elevate them off, start to have them grow heel. But, because, of course, you're probably not going to see it in your four to eight-week or four to seven-week reset time. It's going to be over a period of time because it takes an entire year, on average, for that hoof wall to grow out from coronary band down to the bottom. So you've got to give it at least six months of working with the farrier and possibly working with your veterinarian with repeat x-rays to make sure that everything's aligned perfectly and that you're going to um, get that growth. Now, and my horse also has a thin sole. You know, it's this cascading effect of everything that, that's gone wrong with, with his front feet. But um, with that thin sole, my understanding is that there, part of it is due to a lack of circulation or possibly due to low circulation. Um, have you had an experience with that or trying to help improve circulation in those front Unfortunately, um, that hasn't been proven enough for us to say that that's definitely a good source. But we do, we can prescribe, isoxaprine is the most common drug that's prescribed for uh, blood circulation in the horse's foot. In my hands, I don't see it um, help in any way, shape, or form. Um, some people will add some irritant or blister type idea to try to encourage some blood flow to the back heel area. I just always shun away from that because they're already having some heel problems as it is. I don't want to add to the irritation or inflammation back there. So there, there's a couple ideas out there, but nothing's been scientifically proven. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of art and a little bit of science, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And I find farrier work, you can't, you can't beat a good farrier for right. when it comes to these horses. They really yeah. do a fantastic job. Yeah, I, I definitely concur. My horse is a, an example of that. Um, is it possible for these horses to ever go barefoot, or should they ever go barefoot? I hate to say it, probably not. Probably not. A lot of times these horses have shelly, as they call them. The farriers will call them, and some of the veterinarians will call them shelly-type um, hoof walls. And they're, just, they're, they're like brittle shells, and they, they chip off very easily. They're not very good sound hoof walls. Again, I, to the different people with different types of fingernails. Some people have very good sturdy fingernails, and some don't. 
and that Shelly Hope wall just can't um, hold up to the beating that it's getting in the ground, and it needs to help with the shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have I have these visions of my horse being 28 years old and still getting these very very expensive, very fancy shoes. And <laughs> and my farrier has given me a list of things if he ever dies, what the next farrier should not do with my horse. But this is you know it's such a it's been such a long process to to get some heel growth. It's really it's really frustrating for anyone out there who's dealing with it, but worth it when you have a nice horse and and want to keep them keep them going and keep them comfortable. So anyway, well, I mean, based off of that with our pre-purchases, I'll I do a confirmation evaluation with my pre-purchases, and I think every veterinarian should. By no means are we evaluating to say that by this confirmation the source is going to be you know, your next Olympic uh, jumper, but it can at least give you some idea about how um, <laughs> how much longer you uh, may ride the horse until you have some sort of issues, or these are issues I see right now, and with some help uh, or with some good work your, um, with your farrier, you're going to just maintain this the rest of the horse's life, and are you comfortable with, with paying for that maintenance? So, you know, knowing it ahead of time really can kind of prepare you for what you're going through now, Michelle. And I think at 28, I don't think you're going to be performing your horse as heavily as you are now. So I don't think you'll be putting those expensive shoes on, but you'll probably be putting some shoes on. (laughs) I I have to tell you, I think I go into a coma when I write the check for the farrier uh, because I don't remember how much it is until I go to uh, enter it into the ledger. (laughs) I'm like, really? I wrote a check for that much? Um, But... But my horse is worth it, and it's one of the reasons that I ended up with such a nice horse is because he had had this issue. So it, for me, it was a balancing um, act. Well, there you go. To listen to more of the horse.com tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the experts drop-down menu on the left. If you love listening to the Horses in the Morning gang putting in their two cents on horse health topics, tune in to Horses in the Morning at horsesinthemorning.com for your weekly fix of up-to-the-minute horse health information. You can also go to thehorse.com where you will find the mother load of horse health information covering pretty much every topic imaginable. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they're the ones making these podcasts possible. Today's sponsor has been EQ Ready Records, records management services for busy horse people. Check them out today at eqreadyrecords.com. You'll be happy you did. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. (laughs) 